2: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP 01005.
3: Directing traffic
1: from the base of the ruck, it's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the rugby run on ESPNZ. Yes, good afternoon, this is the Rugby Run on SENZ, Ricardo Ball with you through till 5 o'clock this afternoon and we are talking rugby between now and 3 o'clock as well the phone lines are open 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811, or you can text on double eight double three. Double eight double three is uh, the temper bedpost text machine number uh, Justin Marshall will join us, we're just waiting on Marshall's plane to land in Auckland, he was flying up from Queenstown and once he has landed he will join us and be on the show as well but i thought first we should start with you know that it's all the talk is about the future of the all blacks uh the go to south africa got a couple of tests coming up soon they've announced a squad uh they went they went quiet uh, not even quiet it was radio silence for about what 5 days uh and then the outcome was pretty much nothing uh foster staying sam cane still captain uh, they made two changes to the squad. Uh, looks like there's there's a lot of rumours going around that uh, Jason Ryan is going to replace Greg Feek as the forwards coach, um, which could be good because the South Africans, really uh, one of the things that has been a strength of theirs, and we saw it against the Welsh, has been the driving wall. Uh, we know how well Jason Ryan has coached against that defensively at the Crusaders. I think it's something like since he's been forwards coach there over the last five years, they've only conceded two tries from line-out drives, so... You can see why the All Blacks would have wanted him. And uh, he. Uh, the rumour is that that is going to be announced today. Jason Ryan in for Greg Feek. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see uh, how it plays out. Now, the the squad, though, this is a squad they have named for South Africa. Dane Coles, Sammy Soni, Toki Ahau, and Cody Taylor are the hookers. Aiden Ross, George Bauer, Nipo Laulala, uh, Offer Tuangafasi, Ethan DeGroote, and Angus Tarvell. Of course, Angus Tarvel's still got two uh, matches of a suspension remaining, so he probably won't travel. Uh, I think Tyrell Lomax has been ca- uh, called up to cover him uh, for the trip to South Africa. Ethan De Groot has been called in for Carl Tu Inukuwafi, who is off to Marseille at the end of the season. The locks are Scott Barrett, Brodie Ritalic, who we know is probably only going to be fit to face the Aussies with that cheek fracture. Patrick Tuipalautu, Tupuvai, and Sam Whitelock. Uh, loose forwards are Sam Kane, Shannon Frizzell, who is in at the expense of Peter Gasuakula, Ica Iwani, Dalton Papali'i, Adi, Savia, Hoskins-Satutu. You know, it's interesting that uh for me I think that looks a lot balanced, a lot better balanced from uh a uh loose forward trio sort of point of view, because you've got two sixes in Frizzell and Iwani now. You've got still got three sevens really and one eight in Hoskins-Satutu, though, you know, Adi, Savia could be considered an eight as well. But Hoskins didn't get on the pitch at all against the Irish, and he's in the squad. Peter Guths did in the first test and isn't. I don't know that he did that much wrong. I think it's about balance. And maybe, and this is something I think was pretty obvious from the start, but maybe they needed to learn it for themselves, that is an eight. You can't select a guy who's been a great eight all season and go, great, we'll get this guy and we'll play him at six. It's not how it works, and I think they've learned that lesson. The halfbacks... Finlay Christie and Falau Fakatava with Aaron Smith. So interesting. There was a lot of talk that you know Brad Weber, uh, particularly, uh, had been named in the uh, Māori All Blacks team because they wanted to see as many halfbacks in action at this level as they could, um, and you know he was ev- he was eligible for the Māori All Blacks, whereas Finlay Christie and Falau Fakatava weren't, um, and that maybe that once you know we get into the rugby championship, Brad Webber Brad, Brad Weber would be back in the fold, but no. It's not. It's the same three halfbacks as the Irish series. five eights, Bowden Barrett, Richie Mawanga and Stephen Perifeta. Midfielders Jack Goodhue, David Harvili, Rico Yuani, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Quintu Paya. Outside backs Geordie Barrett, Caleb Clark, Lester Fanganuku, Will Jordan and Sevu Rees. Uh, Josh Dixon, Braden Enor, Tyrell Omex, Travelling as replacement players, over, because I don't think that Goodhue has travelled, so that's where all comes in, and obviously Brodie Retellick's not available, so just Dixon, uh, who's yet to make his debut for the All Blacks, is, uh, is a travelling reserve there. That is what the All Black squad looks like. Get your thoughts on that on 0800 150 811 or double eight double three, the temper bedpost text machine. Text us through your thoughts on that squad, what you like about it, what you don't know, and what you would like to have seen if it hasn't happened. Um, and we should hear from the man himself. Uh, there's been much conjecture over his future, a lot of pressure on the shoulders of Ian Foster. He gave a press conference the other day when announcing the squad. Ian Foster,
4: I'm, I'm the All Black Head Coach, and uh, as the All Black Head Coach, I've had a busy week. Um, you know, we've been through a Steinlager series that uh, we as a team didn't achieve what we needed to achieve, and the result of that is that the last three or four days have been busy. We've had a, some robust conversations uh, with us as a management. With New Zealand rugby and with our senior players. And and that should happen. And you'd expect that to happen. And from those conversations, there's been I'm, I'm proud of the, the accountability levels, I guess, that I've heard from the players about their part, from, from my management team's part, and we've got an utter commitment and, and a clear plan of how we are going to move forward. And, um, you know, we we never are happy when we don't achieve what we want to achieve. We understand the fans aren't happy with that, but you have a promise that we uh, have going kind of looking forward to getting stuck into our work when we get together and to go and play in this rugby championship and in South Africa, a game of rugby that New Zealanders can be proud of in this team. We. Um, I've also heard that there's going, that there does need to be some change and for us to, to achieve that and right now I am working behind the scenes to, to achieve that. Um, you can ask me a hundred times what, what that is and I won't be able to give you that answer just yet, I'd like you to bear with me but the, we've got things in place right now and as soon as I can let you know a couple of changes I will let you know as soon as possible. Um like I said, the team, this all black team is, is very proud. We're proud of playing for this country, we know that what we we didn't get what we needed again out of that out, out of the Steinlager series. And and what I know that our country should expect from this team is that we go away, we identify the key focuses and we go ahead and, and we fix them and play at the level that, that we want to play to. Um, We'd love you to be proud of us and we want to make sure we do everything we can to do that. As a head coach, uh, there's been a lot of questions the last couple of weeks, uh, let me tell you who I am. I'm strong, I'm resilient, I think I've proven that, I believe I've got a great feel and relationship with my players, I'm strategic and I'm also accountable and I take that on board and I promise you I, I understand that and I'm really excited about the chance to, to show you what this team is made of, working alongside the players that we've selected in the squad. The um, Talking about the squad um, because I want to make sure that the focus here is is on the players as well, um, delighted with Ethan De Group coming in, he's done what we have asked him to do the last six or seven weeks, um, a lot leaner, a lot fitter, and excited with his selection. Also pleased with, welcome back Shannon Frizzell, who again, a lot of experience has had interruptions uh, the last 18 months. but really feel he's in a good spot to come back in. We're bringing a couple of extra players into, into camp to cover a uh, reasonably significant injury list at the moment. We'll bring Tyrell Lomax in um, to camp. We will be bringing Josh Dixon in. He, he joins the squad probably on more of a long-term basis because of Brodie Retellick's smashed cheekbone. And Braden Ennor will also join the group to cover uh, Jack Goody's knee while we assess that. So that's the state of the play, and the squad that we've just announced has got a job to do, and 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 we just want to get stuck into our work and go and do it. Question. Questions. Ian, you talk about changes in accountability. <coughs> do you have to look at your role in this team and did stepping down, or
2: look exploring that option?
4: Absolutely. That's all. That's look. The, the look. There's no doubt. I'm under pressure. But can I just say, I'm always under pressure and I've always felt that pressure. And, you know, external people will try to intensify that pressure, but it doesn't change the fact that as an all back coach, um, you live in that world all the time. And so, um, does it hurt? Yes, it does. Um, Does it mean that, you know, the key thing for me is to make sure that everything I do is about ensuring that we have robust is to make sure we have got the right people sitting in the right seats. Those decisions you're talking about making, is that coming from you, from the board, or where is that driven from? Oh, everyone. And again, that's a, that's a collective, we're, we're in this as one. And what do you think, of?
1: I guess there's been a lot of chat about the way this has been handled over the last week, obviously last Sunday was cancelled, um, and it's effectively been a blackout for the best part of the week. Um, do you understand people's frustration? Do you, Are you happy with how well, the organisation you're employed by is handled?
4: Oh, look, I understand the frustration. Um, all, all I want to say to you is this, on that, on that regard, is that I, I, as a head coach, would never, ever not communicate with my fan base when it's expected that I communicate with them. And if there is, if, so whatever happened then, I just want to give that category, I know my responsibility is to talk to the fan base. And, and if I knew that I was supposed to do that, I would do that all the time. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is we've had a process underway that when, when you look at, you know, we're coming off a disappointing series, we get that. We we have to go and and, and make sure that we have real real conversations behind the scenes. and. You know, and there's different levels, of conversations, and they've all been had. So, um, that's all I could say about that. There's, there's a lot of people, you know, I, mean, I don't know if you look online, but but the rest
1: of us do, who um, quite frankly want to see change, um, whether it's yourself or the captain. What what do you say to those people? Obviously, you're still here.
3: You're still in charge.
1: So. Yeah.
4: Look, I I I love the passion of our fans, and I love the opinions, and that is what it is and but I guess I guess all I can assure people is that um is the person that I am and, and, and my role in this team, I'm not here for any other reason to do the best thing I can for this team. And and right now I can understand frustrations that we've lost a series and but my my goal and my job is to put perspective around that to make sure we take the lessons and and this all-back team comes out stronger, and I want to be part of the solution. So, um, and Will there be some change? Yes, there will. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll let you know shortly. Ian, well, there's been a, quite a few questions about yourself, but also Sam Kane and his leadership. What
0: gives you the confidence he's still the right man to act in the
4: squad? I believe in him. I believe in him as a, as a person, as a leader. I think that um, the easiest thing to do when when a series doesn't go your way is to, is to point the finger and blame and, and want people's neck. Um, I've got a lot of faith in Sam as, as a player, as a person, and, and in the leadership group around him. But, you know, and that same group that we are talking about has been part of these same conversations we've had. And and we all know there's a high degree of accountability when you put on an all jersey jersey, and, and we need to be better. When would you like to see those changes? Made by given the South Africa tours coming up pretty soon, um, I, I, I'm going to quickly, and I'll let you know, Bruce. So. Are they, are we talking management changes or? I, I really I, I I just out of respect for a couple of processes, i need to I'm not say any more than that. But that's this process has it been tough. Whatever changes you're going to make, is it, is, it, is it a tough process? Yeah, look, um, look, I've been through lots of tough processes, and this one um, ain't easy. And but you know what 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 this jersey demands is is that we're honest with each other and, and we, but we've also got to be reflective. We've got to make sure that the lessons learned aren't we're not just reacting to sentiment out there unnecessarily, but that we're actually reacting to and come up with a plan that, that's clear about how we want to play. because ultimately this is all about the All Blacks playing better, right? And and that's our goal. Put those players. How have they reacted to, I guess, when the test finished in Wellington, to now everything that's transpired publicly I and mean, how, you know, they reacted? Well, a lot of them have gone home <laughs> and, and probably turned off their phones, you know. It's, but I, I just want to stress that no, no All Black enjoys being part of a, of a team that loses. And, and so there'll be a lot of hurt. That's why us getting together for, for a couple of days, next week's going to be vital for us.
5: Ozzy, can you just confirm who selected this squad now that
4: Grant's not around anymore? Who were the guys who selected it? Um, so basically, it was the the, the selectors that selected this were the the existing three minus Grant Fox plus Joe Smith. So, so myself, Plum and, and Joe Smith. Um, so Joe Smith has now officially joined us in his role, and. You know, there's lots of talk about Joe's role, but Joe's role is as was flagged six months ago. Um, he is a, he's come in as the independent selector. He, he also has a secondary role of being an opposition analysis for, for me, like a, an opposition head coach. And he is working with me behind the scenes on, the, I guess, the strategic areas that, that we feel we need to move. So excited to have him on board. Um, he's not travelling with us so we're clear um, and at this stage hasn't got a on the field role but he is working hard with the coach, well with me particularly on the strategic area of our game.
5: Did you consider more wholesale
0: changes as a selection trio to the squad?
4: Oh look the selectors we we always do and and again you know like I guess like our fans are searching for the answers we we go through and look at selection and say well do we, do we need to change some things in order to, to get the change in the movement that we need and um, we've got a lot of faith in the group we've obviously made a couple we've, we've got a um, and you know you may may or may not see a few more at, at selection time but um, at the end of the day we've we believe we've got a group where, you know we're just starting our campaign for the year and we've had a and and again we didn't start the way we wanted but it hasn't taken us off the plan that we're on
2: you can just clarify, you, you talked about, obviously you don't want to talk about details about changes but you asked about Sam Kane and you said you respect him as a, a leader and as a, as, a, as a player. Does that mean then that you're saying that's not one of the changes possible with respect him as well, a Well we've named him as a captain. What,
4: does that answer that? Yes. Are you, you, you talked about accountability
0: obviously and there, there are changes that are going to be made. But are you. Are you sort of cognizant of the fact that you, you don't want to be, you know, the public might have the perception, depending on the changes that people are being scapegoated here, how are you going to avoid people feeling that way about the changes that are
4: made? Does that enter your, your mind at all? Well, oh, there's a lot of things. We, 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 when, when you make any changes, it goes through that. N- nothing's pleasant. But um, at the end of the day, the, 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 this, our, our, our whole planning is about how can this team improve and do what it needs to do on the park. And, and so like I said, I mean I know I'm accountable and, but at the, moment, at, at the moment when we look at the whole things we've looked at, we've identified clear areas of change that we think we need, that the group feels we need and we're going to instigate that and get stuck into our work. How, mean, how close were you to, to walking away? Not at all. Not close? Not at all. You mentioned there's always pressure on the All Blacks coach but for these two tests in particular, how much is riding on it for you as a coaching group? Oh, there's a lot riding on it. And, and what, what's riding on it is that we, we want we want to get our game going to the levels that, that we want and, and that we want our, our fan base and our, our country to be proud of this team. So, clearly. But, wow, what an exciting challenge. You know, we're going to South Africa. We've got two tests, you know, in the, in the slip of the Town championship. We've got... You know, both tests away against South Africa couldn't be harder in many ways, but when when your you're back's against the wall a little bit, then, you know, this is a great place for the All Blacks to be, and we've got to respond.
1: There you go. That is Ian Foster at the press conference. I've been asked the hard questions, to be fair. I don't know what accountability looks like in Ian Foster's eyes, but apparently... Uh it's doing nothing, really, uh, except staying quiet for five days and then pretending nothing's wrong. That's that's kind of what I got from that. Had a few texts through on double eight double three, the tempered bedpost text machine. Hi, Ricardo. Thought Webber would be back for Fakatava. He didn't even try to run near the line last week. We were told he had a strong running game. If the Fords get more brutal in all areas, the All Blacks can win in South Africa. Great show, mate. Cheers, Anthony. Thanks for your text, Anthony. And also, this from Chris, Uh, Obviously, I'm impressed with uh, what we just heard. I'm the coach. I'm strong. I know best. You peasants don't know anything. Uh, thanks for your text, Chris. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. When we come back, Jamie Wall is going to join us. We'll get his take on the coaching changes and this all-black squad. It's one twenty-four here on SENZ, the rugby run. Ricardo Ball with you through till 3 o'clock. Talking rugby, Justin Marshall's unfortunately had an issue in transit. He'll be joining us closer to 2 o'clock. And uh, off the bench, well and truly stretching the hamstrings for us, is Jamie Wall. G'day, mate. How are you?
0: Hey Ricardo, good. Thanks, mate.
1: You yeah, something you can tell the grandkids that you you once subbed on for Justin Marshall?
0: Oh, hey Marshall, if you're listening, mate, I hope you're not in too much trouble.
1: <laughs> I think he's good mate I think he's good I do. I have had a couple of people text for asking if he's in the naughty chair today but no it's it's literally he's in transit he's alright he'll be with us he'll be with us so don't worry about that mate hey um, okay. it looks like the uh, whoever runs the Crusaders social media account might have pulled the trigger a bit early uh, because I saw a thanks and goodbye to Jason Ryan as he moves on to an All Black job uh, that's now been taken down uh, but that is the rumour I've, I've seen around that he's going to be named as the All Black's assistant coach um, also being told that John Plumtree Brad Moore possibly in the firing line. What are, what are you hearing?
0: Uh, yeah, well I think that um, that that post just confirmed what we kind of already knew anyway. Um, that uh, Ryan was going to be brought into this All Black setup. Um, I think that was telegraphed a couple of days ago. So, uh, congratulations to Jason. Um, he's a he's a very fine coach, and hopefully he can make a difference in this All Black setup. Um, I I am a tad... Surprised though, because I would have thought that he would have been part of uh, a major change uh, mm-hmm. that that would have involved Scott Robertson coming in, and perhaps he's he's he he might have bided his time until that until that possibly possibly happened, or go with Robertson to wherever he might end up when when the RFU or the Welsh Rugby Union finally dump enough money on Robertson's driveway that he can't possibly say no. Um, and of course, uh, someone like Jason Ryan would have uh, benefited immensely from from that as well. However, uh, he's, he's made the choice to obviously come in and coach the All Blacks, which is something that all coaches in New Zealand obviously aspire to do. Uh, so perhaps he more, he's more of an advanced party than um, than an actual uh, regime change. So, so who knows? Uh, I, I personally, um, I think he's he's walking into a very uh, about as hard a situations of, as a coach can possibly have because there's going to be a lot of expectations put on straight away to change what is happening in that in that All Black pack or what, what is not happening rather um, because, of course, we've heard from John Plumtree for you know, two and a half years now uh, about the need for physicality and the need for the All Blacks to impose themselves on other teams and, uh, if anything, it's just gotten less of an imposing force um, to the point where they were just sort of blown off the park by a very good Irish team. So, yeah, I mean, no pressure, Jason, but, uh, you know, good luck to
1: you. You you didn't say advance party there. Do you think this is, uh, you know, a gradual change? that So, you know, we go to South Africa, potentially drop both tests. Uh, You've already got the basis of Scott Robertson's backroom staff in place?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a that's a theory, um, but I'd put it in the conspiracy theory file, but <laughs> I think that I I, I, I wouldn't give New Zealand rugby enough credit um, to be doing that. If they were trying to uh, change this by stealth um, to simply, you know, add in what Robertson needs before bring bringing him in. Because again, like, like I said, his, he's in a, a position of massive leverage here. Like he can call the shots about when he wants to coach the all blacks and um you know obviously he's probably had been eyeing up um the next world cup cycle and if i were him i'd probably i i probably would stick to that, that 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 plan because you're inheriting someone else's team um you're inheriting someone else's selections you're inheriting someone else's culture when after the next world cup you're going to have the obvious you know senior player clean out and you can build your own thing from scratch uh, so I, I I don't i i' I haven't ever really thought that he was just going to parachute in and save everything I think that by having Joe Schmidt in there um, this season was New Zealand rugby's way of kind of having a having a bit of a backup plan in place uh, in case things went went pear-shaped so I think that if Foster does go I think that schmidt will be the one to take over with Brian um, on his staff, taking a, probably a pretty senior role in that coaching setup.
1: Mm, interesting, mate, interesting. Uh, there, there was, of course, the, the squad was named, and uh, there were really only two changes. Um, I guess the, you look at it, and the, a couple of things stand out to me. One, Peter Gus, who a he did play in the first test we won, uh, but he drops out. Hoskins, who didn't play any rugby, still there. Is this just about balance, this decision? It's just for his for Peter Gus?
0: Yeah, I mean, I personally wasn't expecting many changes anyway because I don't think there's that many players out there that are really knocking on the door other than in the loose forwards because the loose forwards in the midfield obviously these place, these areas of the field that are constantly kind of rotating and under under scrutiny. But I, I don't really see the logic in, in dropping Peter Gus if you were going to pick him to play, what was it, 25 minutes in a 3 test series mm. and then retain Hoskins – Situ, if he's not going to play at all, um, it's it seems a bit odd. But it, then at the same time, it's like, well, they're not starting players. Um, that you know, you you've got kind of like for like. I mean, I'm I'm I, the biggest puzzle for me is the is Frazell. I don't really see what he offers that the other players uh, uh, don't already have that um, you wouldn't get out of uh, out of Cullen Grace. I think he's probably the only one who's probably scr- has has a right to be scratching his head. As to what he needs to do, um, and perhaps Tom Robinson um, as well. However, at least the All Blacks have been kind of consistent and with their with their view on Robinson that he's he's just not what they see to be part of their part of their setup. But Grace very much is, and um, and the way that he runs ball and he's a lineout option and that he's just in good form um, as well. So that's that's a weird one because yeah, I just. I can't see Shannon Frizzell, you know, going going over and, and playing a massive role in beating a Springbok team because I don't see him starting and I don't see him having that much of an impact against uh, you know a world champion Springbok team in what is going to be two really, really hard tests.
1: Mm. Yeah, you're going to be very difficult tests. I mean, it feels like Peter Gus saw a caller once again when he was called up, they went, oh, he's had a great season at eight, we'll turn him into a six. And then they went, oh, hang on, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, because it did look unbalanced, didn't it? I mean, you had one six actually selected in Akira Yuani, and he only played the last test because Scott Barrett got sick. So, I mean, there's uh, some of the ideas around selection, I hope you tidied up with Joe Schmidt in there because it seems to be square pegs, round holes, as a as a first option rather than as an option three.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of going back to the mistakes that you would have thought would have been learnt years ago around getting players and trying to turn them um, into guys who play in different positions and trying to make that work it's not like state of origin you can't just pick the best 17 guys and just put them on the park wearing any jersey number and have a cohesive unit you need to start picking specialists you need to start you need to figure out what you want out of your your blindside flanker um if whether you want him to be uh an extra lock like barrett is or whether you want him to be a ball runner like uh, you know cullen graces and it's they need to just make make their minds up on a few things they need to make their minds up on Bowden Barrett and Richie Moonga you know they need to tell one of them like you're the man who's going to take us through the next World Cup and to the other one look I'm sorry it's it's you might want to go have a look in France or, or Japan right now they just need to make some hard calls and they're just trying to by naming such a massive squad and keeping everyone kind of in the mix uh, get it as you get closer to a World Cup, it's not really helping anyone because you have you now have the situation where you're dropping players for no good reason and you're adding players for no good reason, and it's it's just kind of symptomatic of this whole this whole regime, which actually uh, to be fair actually stretches back into Hansen's regime mm. as well because it was happening then um, because of the propensity to pick so many players and try guys out. I understand that you want to create an uh, an environment of of competitiveness and and to keep guys on their toes about where they're going to get picked so you're going to keep them informed. But at some stage, you have to actually um, figure out a game plan that revolves around the guys that you actually want to be playing on the field and that you can't expect a guy who you've designed a game plan for uh, to be dropped and then replaced by another guy who is going to do something different. It just doesn't work that way, and you could see with Ireland that every single guy on that field was there because he had a specific job, job role to do, and that's why they ran through us like a hot knife through butter.
1: Yeah, they did that, mate. They did that. Uh, the other one that I was interested in was around the halfbacks. We haven't seen any change. I, I don't know about you, but I kind of looked at when the teams were named around the Irish, Irish series. I went, well, Brad Moore's still an All Black. They've just looked at it and gone, well, you know, we've got these two tests for the uh, Māori All Blacks, and we want to see as many halfbacks in action as we can. And Finlay and Falau aren't eligible for the Māori All Blacks. but So we'll chuck Brad in there, but he'll come back in the mix when we go to the Rugby Championship. That didn't happen. Did that surprise you?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I, I think that Weber is a guy who can definitely have a role to play when a game gets really tight. His kicking is really good. Um, he's, a, he's a senior guy, and he has, is very much in a leadership role uh, at the Chiefs. He's a guy who can kind of rally rally the troops. Uh, He's kind of suffered a bit in his career as being seen, always seen as the third guy behind Aaron and TJ. Uh, But I think that, you know, you're putting a lot on Smith's shoulders by making him kind of the only halfback in that group. Like, because Christie and Whakatawa are obviously so inexperienced, they're not going to be starting any big games. In the past, you know, if Smith was was injured, which very, very really really happened, you know that it was kind of in safe enough hands to, um, with TJ starting. So that you know, they've kind of dug themselves a bit of a hole around that because, again, like in this series, halfback is going to be so important. I mean, you know, the, the Springboks are just going if to, they, if they have to, and they I feel like they kind of want to as well, they're more than happy to just sit on halfway and just kick seven penalties and drop goal and then – you know, win games that way, and then and then turn around and go. Well, that's how we do it in South Africa, and so you need a defensive halfback, you need uh, a kicking halfback in order to counter what they're gonna what they're gonna do to us, because it's 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 there's not going to be any surprises as to what they what they're gonna do, and so it, it's just it's 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 a bit strange to me that they're not like. Don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Christie, I'm a fan of Pakatava, I think they're great players. But you need experience out there. you need you need someone to marshal these troops and kick smartly. so uh, to to put those guys under what will easily be the biggest um, pressure of their lives if they get out there in the closing minutes of a test that could potentially be quite close, well, he's hoping anyway, uh, is is a pretty big roll of the dice
1: just had it officially confirmed by the All Blacks Twitter account Jason Ryan joins the All Blacks coaching team ahead of the uh, rugby championship John Plumtree and Brad Moore have left the All Blacks coaching team thank you John and Brad for your massive contribution to the All
0: Blacks well yeah i mean cheers to twitter for telling us something we already knew. but <laughs> uh, i mean the that, the that, that, I I I think that Plumtree, I think, from hearing what we've heard from inside the All Blacks, and that it's been a bit of an open secret that he reviewed poorly at the end of at the end of last year, and like what I alluded to before about his, um, you know, him just com- c- continuing to say that they need more physicality and that they need to do this and need to do that, and it's like, well, mate, it's it's your job. This is on you, mm-hmm. not <laughs> you know. <laughs> so to see him go is not that much of a surprise. Um, more, I, I I couldn't tell you. I think he only ever really fronted the media a couple of times in the whole time he was there. Um, but I think that his case is it's a pretty big indictment on um, New Zealand rugby considering the way that he had signed with um, the Welsh club, Scarlets, was there for about five minutes, and then Foster decided he wanted him to come back. And so they paid out Scarlets. I think um, 400k, I think it's 400k, yeah. Um, to get him to get him back now, that would have to be the worst investment, um, and in, that they've they've made in a in a long time. Um, and that it's also left a massively sour taste in the mouth, um, uh, up there at Scarlet's as well. Because, uh, he I, I have it gone good authority, they definitely don't want Brad Moore to come back because they think that he's shafted them. Um, and it's just it's soured a bit of relations up there as well. So that's a bit of a bad situation. Um, don't get me wrong, Brad was a, a nice guy; he was, he was good to deal with. But you know, like the, you know, someone, someone kind of had to carry the can for this. It's interesting though, now that it's now that it's official, it is very interesting, Ricardo, that you know everyone except the guy that everyone is talking about is starting to um, fall by the wayside and get replaced. So, mm. you know, I've I've had I've had some pretty strong views on the fact that it was a collective. Um, failure by the by the coach and management staff. Um, so you know it's good to see things are, are changing at least from an on field point of view. But it is kind of interesting where everyone's getting the sack except the boss.
1: Yeah, well exactly. Um, and you know a lot of this has got to fall on Foster because as you said, he's the guy that went to New Zealand Rugby Union and said, oh, I want this guy as part of my team. We need to get we need to get him.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of it does. I mean, the losses, the the, the, the bad PR, the 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 historical kind of yeah mismanagement of uh, well, just just everything really. I mean, like he it, again, it's a shame because you know Foster's a good guy. Like we, he, he's not uh, he's not in the like John Mitchell kind of uh, perception of, of of people in the media. It's it's just that things the All Blacks aren't winning. And that's the absolute bottom line of this whole thing. And you can talk about, you know, oh, it's good that they lose once in a while. And, oh, it's not the World Cup yet and blah, blah. It's like, it doesn't matter if they don't, if they're not winning all the time, they're not the All Blacks anymore. And, and also this is what people don't really understand. And people probably need to read a few more books and almanacs about this. But this is historically one of the worst periods of All Black rugby in terms of losses. Like this has only happened twice before, and uh when you're talking about a period of around about eight months, and and this sort of return that the All Blacks are getting, so when you say, oh, it's good that they lose once in a while, like yeah, okay, but this is this this is really bad, mm. and that thing, and if it gets this bad, you need to start changing things, because as you as you know, you know, definition of insanity is. Failing and then trying again exactly the same time and expecting the different results.
1: Yeah, well, 16 wins from 24 games, and we've got to remember that some of those wins have included Tonga and the USA and Italy um, and well and Wales B of late. You know, that's I mean, so you'd almost wipe those off the off the slate as not really counting. So, yeah, our one and one from five recently. It's going to be one from seven by the time we come home from South Africa. You get the feeling. So, yeah, it's not pleasant, mate. Not pleasant. Jamie, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time.
0: No problem at all, Ricardo. And Marshy, I hope you uh, hope you make it to the airport, mate.
1: Yeah, good stuff, mate. Thank you very much, Jamie Wall, there with us on the rugby run. It is 18 away from two. It's 14 away from two here on the rugby run. Ricardo Ball with you, Justin Marshall, hopefully not too far away he had a delayed flight out of Queenstown. A man who knows what, what that sort of thing's like is uh, Clark Dermody, the new head coach of the Highlanders. G'day, Clark. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks,
3: Ricardo.
1: Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. I I, I really keen uh, uh, to, to to chat to you about, uh, of course, one of your charges. You know pretty well, and Ethan De Groot. he was uh, he's back in the All Blacks for the uh, trip to the Republic, uh, but uh, he, the fact that he didn't make it for the Irish year is, I thought, think, had a lot of people scratching their heads. So, you know, from your point of view, what was the reasoning, and and what did New Zealand rugby, what did the All Black coaches ask Ethan to do to get back in the mix? Uh, well, yeah, obviously, Ethan uh,
3: huge talent, but uh, like only t- turned 24 on Friday. So he's still a young man. Um, I think well, feedback to him, as was quite publicly stated in the through the press, was uh, just his, I guess, fitness uh, and mobility on the field. So um, he's he shed a bit of weight in the last sort of six weeks, uh, and he's done quite a bit of hard work on that. So he's done well to get called back in
1: he has. I mean, you know, he, he comes in at a difficult time for the All Blacks, obviously. That goes without saying. Uh, a part of me did think, oh, is, is this really a reward um, off the back of this? You're getting to go to South Africa, of all places that play the world champs in their backyard, especially the way they uh, dispatch Wales pretty convincingly.
3: Yeah, no, it would be a good test. Um, obviously, not an easy place to go at the best of times, but um, I guess that's uh, the benefit of youth as I say, a a young man um, still coming to it. So, uh, you know, he'll be hugely excited to get over there and and get into it.
1: Maybe it's a great opportunity for him. And and obviously, at this point in his career, having the All Black coaches go, hey, here's what we need from you. um, Do you think that'll help him develop not just his game, but actually his professionalism, his off-field stuff?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think that um, potentially was part of the reason, just a general message on, uh, I guess well done for last year, but you're not quite where we need you to be. So, um, you know, good motivation to hopefully set him up for, you know, a long-term career with the All Blacks.
1: I mean, you, you mentioned that he's lost a bit of weight, and I know Ethan had, had said something around that as well when he was interviewed. Um, a, a lot of people, you know, think that that props just need to be big and heavy. But uh, how how much weight has he lost? Can you tell us, and, and how do you think it'll affect his overall game, from scrummaging to the round-the-field stuff?
3: Oh, he's a big man, he's a big man anyway, but um, like, I don't know how much he's lost, I know uh, he looks in better shape, so just visually looking, um, normally the cheeks are the first things to get slim with the prop, so um, once they start slimming down, they're they in generally good shape, and yep, so I was watching him play for Southampton of Tago on Friday, and yeah, he's getting around and being physical, which is his thing, so. Um, that's one thing, but then, like you say, doing it in Africa against Africa is going to be something
1: else. Yeah, mate, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a hard ask, all right. Um, obviously, we don't don't have Marsh yet; he's still in the air, I think, mate. But uh, uh, just quickly on on your job uh, with the Highlanders now, you're you're the head coach. I, I assume you're uh, in the midst of recruitment drive. How many players are you looking for for next season, and how many have you retained?
3: No, we're, we're pretty much. Our squad was pretty much settled after last year, so it was just a matter of sort of three or four spots that we're working through um, and uh, just a few coaches as well. So we needed to get two or three more coaches involved. So um, we'll be hopefully announcing them in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, which uh, which would be great, mate. And uh, just uh, finally, I know it's not a uh, position of expertise for you per se, but uh, Sam Gilbert was obviously we saw a lot of him at fullback and, and right wing at the start of last season, and then he uh, got an opportunity at ten and seemed to grab it with both hands. Do you do you see that as his future?
3: Um, yeah, obviously need to I guess sit down with Sam and and see where he wants to go. But you know, definitely he did an awesome job in that one game, and then things. Come um, slightly unstuck against the Waratahs, but um, watching him again, he was played on Friday and he, he was outstanding. He sort of he was at fullback and then ended up at centre there. So he's a pretty talented kid. Yeah, he can play. And, um, j- I'm sure he can go go
1: anywhere, mate. Yeah, sure yeah. he can go wherever. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Hey, Clark, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your chat. Go well and uh, best of luck uh, with the Highlands for next season, eh? No. Nah.
3: Top man,
1: thanks very much. Cheers. Nine away from two here on the Rugby Run. Five away from two o'clock here on SENZ, uh, the Rugby Run. Justin Marshall's plane is about to land. It's about to land, so hopefully not too far away from us having Marshy on board. Paul Feeney is going to join us in the next hour. Paul, of course, has been involved as a coach in New Zealand across the board. He uh, was assistant coach of the Blues for a while, then he went to South Africa. And was the assistant coach of the Stormers as well. Well, Paul Feeney is going to join us in the next hour. We'll get his take on the Springboks, what he saw in that series against the Welsh, and uh, where he thinks the All Blacks are at in terms of being able to hurt the World Champions in their own backyard. That is in the next hour here on the Rugby Run on SENZ. Keep your questions coming as well. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. We'll put those to Justin Marshall when we get him on board
2: in today's Voltaren Rapid 25 Wrap-Up.
1: Tonga have advanced to the 2023 Rugby World Cup finals after crushing Hong Kong 44-22. Sonatani Takalula scored a hat-trick of tries as the Tongans claim the final berth in Pool B, where they will face defending champion South Africa. Ireland, Scotland and Romania. Hong Kong, who have never played at the World Cup, drop into a four-team repechage tournament alongside Kenya, the United States and Portugal for the last remaining spot at the tournament in France. And from what I hear, and as random as this might sound, uh, that Portuguese team apparently pretty good. Pretty good, Uh, and uh, probably the favourites out of the four uh, to make it, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, The Springboks have named their team for the Rugby Championship, or their squad, I should say. Veterans Dwayne Vermeulen and Franz Steyn will bolster that squad for the Rugby Championship. Both were part of South Africa's 2019 Rugby World Cup winning squad, but missed the 2-1 series win over Wales this month due to injuries. The team will be captained uh, by Sia Khaleesi, uh, this is the team for you. Uh, Thomas De toy, Stephen Kitchoff, uh, Vincent Koch, Franz Malherber, uh, Intothoko, uh, Manchu, Ox, Che, and Creva, uh, Trevor uh, Nayakane. Uh, that's the props. Joseph Dweber, Malcolm Marks, Mbongi, uh, Bonabi, uh, the hookers, Lou Diego, Eben Ezebeth, Salman Morat. Ruan Norci and Marvin Ori are the locks. The loose forwards are Peter Steph Dutoy, Sai Kalisi. El Lowe, Evan Roos, Quagga Smith, uh, Jasper Visa, and Dwayne Vermeulen, U- utility forwards. I don't know what they are, but uh, there we go. The South Africans have three of them. Uh, Dion Fori, Franco Mostert, and Reinhardt Elstadt. Okay, so those are guys that can play either as a lock or a loosey. Uh, then in the scrum halves, it is Fafta Klerk, Jaden Hendricks, uh, Herschel Yanchies, and Grant Williams. Uh, Elton Yanchies, and Andre Pollard of the fly halves. Lucanuam, Arm, Damien D'Alande and Andre Usterhosen and Jesse Creel of the midfielders. The outside backs are Warwick Gallant, Willie LaRue and Makazole Mapimpi and the utility backs, Lee RNC, Franz Steyn and Damien Willemsa. The Springboks have also named, uh, sorry, the Wallabies have also named their squad, 36-man squad. Alan Alatoa, Rory Arnold, Jock Campbell, Quade Cooper, Pony Fa'amu uh, Falao Inga, Lala Lalakiti uh, Fokheti, Nick Frost, Matt Gibbon, Jake Gordon, Reese Hodge, Michael Hooper is the captain, Jed Holloway, Len Ekitao, Marika Korabeti, Rob Liota, Noah Lolisio, Lachlan Lonigan, Tate McDermott, Fraser McWright, James O'Connor, Hunter Paisami, Jordan Pitaya, uh, Matt Phillip, David Parecki, Pete Samu, Iray Simoni, Scott CEO James Slipper Darcy Swain Taniella Tupo, Rob Valentini uh, Suliasi Vanavulo and uh, Nick White Harry Wilson and Tom Wright there you go that is your Wallabies and Springbok squads for the rugby championship
5: Let back pain get in the way. Get fast relief with Voltaren Rapid 25. Read the label user-directed. If symptoms persist, see your doctor. Incorrect use may be harmful. Do not use if you have stomach ulcers. GSK Auckland.
1: Coming up on the Rugby Run, Justin Marshall will join us after this break, along with Paul Feeney, who is, uh, of course, former Blues coach, uh, assistant coach, former Stormers assistant coach, and now running the rugby program at Takapuna in the North Harbour region. We'll get uh, some questions to those guys next here on the Rugby Run. (laughs) It's nine past two here on the Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball with you through till three o'clock talking rugby, and then uh, through till five o'clock we'll be covering off the Commonwealth Games, uh, looking at the cycling team and our medal prospects there with Dell Woodford. Uh, Justin Nelson's going to join us to talk Tall Blacks and their match against the Boomers in the Asian Cup last night. And uh, we'll also talk to Lily Elfeld, who's just signed for the Wellington Phoenix women's team ahead of next season as well. Plus, we'll talk rugby league and a bunch more. And uh, joining us right now to talk rugby is Paul Feeney, uh, former Blues assistant and Stormers assistant coach. How are you doing, Paul? Good, thanks, Carter. Thanks for coming on, mate. how's, uh, How's things at Taka? I understand you're running the cutter there nowadays?
5: Oh no! Aaron Cuttiver was the uh, premier coach. I'm I'm director of rugby there now. Um, the Started this year, my old club, and uh, yeah, we beat North Shore, our arch rivals, in the final last week. So yeah, I was a bit dusty on Monday after Saturday and uh, Super Sunday, of course. <laughs> Mate,
1: it's to be expected. Well done and congratulations. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, hey, um, uh, I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, you spent a bit of time in the Republic uh, as part of the Stormers set up. Um, so I wanted to get you on because you've got a, a sort of an idea of the rugby culture there and how things are going and what they what they are looking to do. Uh, what did you make of their series against the Welsh?
5: Yeah, well, obviously Jack Nienheimer used that to give people opportunity twelve months out from the World Cup. Um, you know, similar to Wayne Pivac used his, his Italian game in the Six Nations, similar sort of process. So. The Welsh obviously unlucky not to win the first test. The box were very rusty. You know, if it wasn't if it wasn't for their driving wall, they would have struggled. Uh, second test, 14 changes I think. But you know, a lot of good players came in. When we speak about the changes, Andre Pollard came in, Peter to Detoyt back after. You know, he's been in Japan, but he had a horrific injury before that. So there was a lot of experience in their second team, but they just lacked a bit of cohesion I think. And um, you know, Gareth Anscombe kicked the famous. Conversions on the sideline that'll be spoken about in the valley's forever. It first win over over South Africa. Nienheimer took a truckload of flack over that, but I don't think that'll worry him. You know, come come third test. Um, you know, it, it was uh, a spring springbots back to their normal selves. Uh, it, they could have easily won by another ten or fifteen points if you know, they had a couple of tries disallowed, they're over the line, small knock on, etc. So I think it was a. Uh, it was good for Neenheimer to to give people opportunity, show he's loyal, and now in in that series, and now he moves on to obviously the All Blacks, who at home South Africa are never going to tinker with their team. You're only going to get their best team.
1: In terms of um, you know what they're doing, I mean. We know what South African rugby is traditionally, uh, but Rassi Erasmus, when he was head coach, and I know he's still part of the setup, he was very much a guy that looked to do things a little bit differently, to tweak things, to um, uh, and to change the way they did things a little bit. What are you What are you expecting uh, against the All Blacks in the Rugby Championship, or is it just going to be traditional South African rugby?
5: Yeah, they want to win. End of story. Playing at home, um, so a confidence, mentally, mental confidence. They know the All Blacks are down. So it's a great opportunity to stick a couple of nails in the all that coffin. So we'll, we'll, I'll be very surprised if we don't see same old, same old from, from South Africa. They play their game. They don't care about how the rest of the world play. Um, obviously, Russy's still in, in charge. He's just not called the head coach. But him and Jacques. you know, Jacques, Jacques started as a physio with Russy up at the Cheetahs a long, long time ago. Then he moved into being Russy's defence coach. Went to Must Munster. You know, they're very tight. So, Lussie will still be running the show, very cunning man. But all you'll see out of South Africa on picking is winning rugby, and for South Africans, that's pressure rugby. Ford, great set piece, and they look at what they call the pressure game. You know, they're not worried about playing an expansive game, giving the ball air. It's about how to strangle oppositions and take three points when they're on offer. And if they kick seven penalties against... Three tries and win a test match, they're as happy as Larry.
1: Yeah. Uh, what, what are. Yeah. What about the All Blacks then in the state they're currently in, particularly having to go to the Republic without Brodie Retellick, who is our, I, I guess you'd say, most bruising lock <laughs> forward? Um, what chance do you give the All Blacks over there?
5: Um, the All Blacks are wounded, so I think you give them a slightly, slightly more of a chance. They've got their backs against the wall, you know. So, but... First and foremost, it comes down to physicality, as we know. South Africa are going to play their big pack, and they bring another six on in the second half. Um, so, we, you know, we have to pick first and foremost a physical rugby team and match the spring physicality. Otherwise, for me, we've got no chance. So, you know, that selection is critical for the All Blacks playing over there.
1: So that makes sense uh, for you, Shannon Frizzell, why he's been pulled back into the ABs. It, it, it's purely a, we need a massive six, and, and basically him and Akira are going to share that position, do you think?
5: Yeah, I mean, we need we need ball carriers. I, I don't think the selection was right against Ireland, you know. I don't think you can play Sam Kane and Scott Barrett together. They're good, honest footballers. And 10 years ago, good, honest footballers won, won games for the All Blacks. Workers, workers all day, but now line speed's come in. She's a different ball game. You need people that can get over the gain line, um, create quick ball, which Aaron Smith can get rid of quickly, us on the front foot, and then we're in with a show. So, you know, we, we need a lock that can carry, and we need at least two Lucy's that are very good, good footwork, big fans like a carer, um, so, Artie Savia. so I think selection's critical. If we can get some good fastball, then we're a possibility. It just depends. If we overcommit on the inside like we have been against line speed for the last five years, Barrett taking flat to the line all day, we'll never get the ball wide. We'll have two-man overlaps. South Africa's got the fastest line speed defensively in world rugby, uh, and, and we'll struggle. You know, we have to change how we play uh, from a back's perspective, in my view. we We can't overcommit too hard on the inside from the first pair of hands. We have to get the ball early to the second pair of hands. Then we've got a lot of options from there, and that's where we we want to be a threat from, whether we're kicking, running, or passing.
1: Mm. So uh, I know that, uh, I don't know if you're aware of these, because they only happened in the last hour, but changes have been made. Jason Wright is now um, assistant coach of the All Blacks out of the Crusaders, and uh, John Plumtree and Brad Moore have moved on. Uh, I assume that you know more looking after the attack previously. That means that Joe Schmidt will have a bit more input, uh, maybe from a sort of a Wayne Smith type, uh, you know, sort of position.
5: Yeah, I mean, Joe Schmidt, world class coach. They'll be silly not to tap into his brain. Um, different voice, like he was involved more heavily in the first test, and look what the All Blacks did in the first test against Ireland. So, for me, that's a no-brainer. You know, he's been doing defence. He got back in the fold this year. We we all get a bit rusty as coaches. Doing defence for the Blues, very analytical brain. Uh, He will be great for the All Blacks. He'll be a breath of fresh air, and and, uh, he'll, he'll certainly bring something different. Yeah,
1: good stuff, Paul. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on and having a chat, mate. I really appreciate your time. No problems. Have a nice afternoon. Yeah, you too, mate. You too. Uh, Paul Feeney there, former Stormers assistant coach and former Blues assistant coach with us as well now, director of rugby for Takapuna on the shore. It is 17 past two when we come back. Boomfa, he's arrived. He has landed in Auckland, Justin Marshall. (laughs) This is SENZ, the Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball with you through three with uh, Justin Marshall, who's finally landed in Auckland. Marshall, they have problems getting, your, getting, getting all your bags off? Uh, did you tell him have to be careful with all with uh, all the Gucci
2: hardware, did you? <laughs> Good afternoon to you, Ricardo. And um, Yeah, first of all, I think I'm probably going to have to start off by saying a couple of things. One of them is that, yes, I am still at the airport, so you may very well hear bags being rolled, you may hear announcements, um, but It's been one of those days. It's the end of the school holidays, and I'll give you the tip, mate. It is an absolute war zone out here. War zone. So, first of all, apologies for that. And also, secondly, to the listeners, uh, thanks very much for your perseverance and patience and enabling uh, me to be able to get on the plane and get here. Um, Not easy, but uh, I've managed to negotiate my way uh, halfway to where I'm getting to, so that's good news.
1: That is good news, mate. That is good news. Now, I don't know if you've heard, because I know you were on uh, on route. I have. I have. Yes. What's your reaction to that? Jason Ryan is Ford coach. Plumtree's gone. Brad Moore is gone as well.
2: Yeah, look, obviously they uh, had intent um, right from the press release the other day when N Foster hinted at there would be other changes. Um, I'm not entirely sure why it did take a day or two for those changes to come out, but... uh, I think they felt that there was enough evidence there that they needed to somehow make a change. And whether that was through selection of players, which was pretty evident that wasn't happening um, after they announced the squad, or whether it was a restructure of the um, the coaching regime, uh, that's what we were waiting for, weren't we? And that's obviously come out today. Uh, so obviously hugely disappointing for, for John Plumtree and Brad Moore. Um, who have obviously been with that team now since uh, Ian Fossett uh, has taken over. But I guess they felt that there was enough wrong in there that they could put things right by adding Jace Ryan to the mix. He's the only one, Ricardo, that I've, I have caught up on that's been added. Has there been anybody else?
1: There hasn't been anybody else, but uh, Ken, who uh, texts the show regularly uh, is, and is in touch with the Blues camp, has said that he's he- heard rumours that Leon McDonald is going to join the, Blue- uh, the, the All Blacks as well.
2: Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, and, I, and obviously, I'm not aware or uh, sure of where Joe Smith sits in all of this as well. Obviously, he was uh, likely to take on a more more of a role than the one that he was initially brought in for, but that had, nothing's come out of that at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I would be very, very surprised should Leon McDonald um, be added to that coaching group. Um, but... Again, obviously, they are looking to change things quite dramatically and they are, look, they are chasing results. And, and Leon has got a very, very good reputation of having a uh, outstanding rapport with players. Uh, he's turned a blue side around that have been struggling in the past and he's got a really good culture in that, in that environment. So, you know, I don't think there's any real secrets out there that the culture in the All Blacks at the moment is just a little off and it needs to change. Uh, so, you know, look... But they'll be looking very heavily to change the fortunes of the way the team's going at the moment. So, yeah, that speculation is surprising to me, but doesn't mean that it could be wrong.
1: No, exactly. That doesn't mean that at all. From what I understand, mm. Joe Schmidt's role will be he will be a non-travelling uh, part of the team. So he will be a selector, and but uh, replacing Grant Fox. But it sounds like they've uh, increased the scope of his job to maybe do a little bit more of the sort of stuff that Wayne Smith was doing in his time at the All Blacks.
5: Yeah, I just think they've got to get that
2: balance right, Ricardo. Like, you know, obviously they've, they've got to make sure that everyone sits into their role mostly and that the players have input as well. And so so how that make-up uh, sort of pieces itself together is, is really important. So, yeah, look, there's no doubt that I think someone like Joe Smith uh, could have a, a role of overseeing everything. You know, like quite conclusively, Wayne Smith, when he's been involved in the All Blacks, has been involved in different coaching areas and what has been very evident uh, p- particularly with his involvement uh, for him with, is the fact that he's he's been able to uh basically adjust to fulfilling different roles really successfully like as when, when smithy coached me with with the crusaders and also with the all Blacks, he was solely an attack coach and then obviously had a, a little bit of time as a head coach which is well documented he didn't really enjoy because you don't get on the tools as much, Ricardo, and I don't think a lot of people realise how much um, macro management a coach has of the players. That, that You know, look, put it this way, I, I spoke to Aaron Major about it, who was the head coach for the Highlanders, obviously, and I said to him, you know, you know what, what, have you, what have you found since going on to that head coach, head coach role? And he said, you know what, Marshy, I actually took up coaching because I love coaching. I like putting the boots on that out, uh, out there on the training field and I like getting my, my, my teeth stuck into formulating a game plan, coming up with creative moves and figuring out the opposition from week to week. He said at the moment, basically said, I've got four children at home and I'm, I'm looking after 40 every week <laughs> because, because, you know, you've got to deal with all these different personalities. You've got to make sure that everybody's happy in their, in their own little world. Um, and you're, and you're trying to keep a, a really happy campus. So you don't, you don't get on the tools as much. And I think, that's how Wayne Smith um, found being a head coach. He, you know, you're know, you fronting the media much, much more than what you are as an assistant. So I certainly feel that they need to get that balance right. You know, Obviously, that's been a change, a massive change for Fozzie, because he's gone from being an assistant coach to now having to deal with the players directly, whereas Steve Hanson or Graham Henry or whoever it was before him when he was just an assistant coach, they would deal with all of those little issues. Yeah, he'd have some input, but... Uh, uh, and the, the bigger crutch of things that's the head coach's responsibility dealing with every individual in the team and that's that is huge when you've got all sorts to deal with so i'm really interested to see how how they formulate and restructure that coaching group because obviously Brad Moore was in charge of uh the backs and and attack uh and john plumtree the forwards now i know they've said that jace has taken over the forwards but he's not the sole forward coach at the Crusaders. He has helped there from Razor. Uh, and, and he's predominantly just Scrum and Maul. So he'll take on a bigger role as well, you would suspect. So, yeah, there's lots of dynamics there, man. It's bloody interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I just had a text come through saying, what is, what will Greg Feek do now? Because he's supposed to be the scrum coach, right? Oh. But we we know, as you've mentioned before, you know, that that's a real strength mm. of Jason Ryan's. You've talked about that line-out uh, driving more defence of the Crusaders, which would be key for the All Blacks uh, in South Africa. It does uh, bring yeah. into question Greg Feek's role, doesn't it?
2: It's a very good point, and a real and, and really well made in that text message, and, and something probably. That now that I've just mentioned about Jace Ryan's involvement and and how very very technically good he is at scrum time, um, you know. I, look, I had, I sat down, um, had a coffee, and also had a beer with uh, Andy Farrell when he was over. I, I played with him at Saracens, and then bizarrely, <laughs> nothing ended up coaching me, even though he was younger than me. Just <laughs> feel weird to be honest, <laughs> but. Um, And and he spoke very highly of Greg Fick, who, before he came back to New Zealand, was coaching with Ireland and under Andy Farrell. And, um, you know, he he was saying it would be really interesting to see when the All Blacks, because it was then being mooted about some changes, you know, where it leaves leaves Ficky. So, look, they're probably, again, looking at how each person, you know, can fulfil... A really, I guess, constructive role within that environment, and, and maybe that means a slight shift for Fiki. Maybe I, I don't mean this as a pun, but to get him get his head out of the scrum a little bit, and maybe he has input. But he also does show some diversity and have maybe put some work into breakdown. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, mate. The one of the biggest issues, if not the most major issue, with the with the All Blacks during that Irish series, was we got beaten at the breakdown, beat mm. up. Uh, We got the ball turned over way, way, way too many times. um, And Ireland won that area. So it's an area that needs to be addressed. And I wonder whether or not, you know, Greg Feek evolves into that because obviously Plumtree's now missing. So, you know, maybe they see something in Greg Feek that, yes, they retain him, but they retain him in a more balanced role. And that could be healthy for him too. Let's face it, all of his coaching that he's ever done has been scrums. Maybe he needs refreshed. Not sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great point you make. Uh, it's also interesting. Ollie Ritchie tweeted this, which I've, I I'd be keen to get your thoughts on, mate, because it's the first thing I thought as well. Is one of the mm-hmm. reasons Ian Foster got the All Blacks job over Scott Robertson in 2019 was because of the strength of his coaching group. Two and a half years in, two of those coaches have been sacked and replaced by members of Robertson's initial team. It's not a great look.
2: Yeah, it isn't a good look. And I think what they, were, what they were trying to do was, was again, and I people might be raising their eyebrows going, I mentioned that word balance, but, but balance is really important. Um, and I, I mention it because, because it, it does need to all work in synergy, you know, and, and I'm thinking to myself, well, what, what they've done is they have tried to innovate a bit because a lot of the talk before Fozzie being selected was around the fact that the same – uh, regime that has been very successful but was starting to show some massive cracks before Steve Hansen got out of that environment and moved on, um, needed to have some sort of change. And, and what that looked like, no one was really sure. And you're right, you know, they, they certainly to bring in um, some different coaching personnel. Um, I, I think probably they looked at Brad more simply because maybe they were trying to get a little bit of razor mojo in yeah. the mix. Let's face it, Brad had been under razor, um, He'd been in that culture, but he'd also been in that environment where, you know, there's a lot of Crusaders in there and they, and they had a pattern to play. But, you know, the, the Crusaders aren't the Blacks, So you need to be careful when, you, when, you, when you're selecting um, coaches, when you're trying to get a, a certain structure out of them, that they make sure that that sort of fits in with the type of people that are going to pick in your side as well. So, yeah, there, there's, there's, there, there's a valid text. Um, and, and obviously what, what, what they put in there didn't work. Uh, and, and the results of speaking for that, uh, spoken for that. Look, I spoke to Fozzie um, during the week, and he, he was in a really good frame, mate, a frame, a frame of mind, mate, to be perfectly honest, the pressure that he's been under. You know, he, I think he truly believes by the announcement that he's made that he's got the right now we'll, and, and And we'll debate this, and we will continue to debate this up until that first test against South Africa, and I don't entirely agree that he has. But I don't disagree that he's got players in there that are capable of winning us every Test match from now right through until the end of the year. We, we have got the firepower to do that. Um, there are some players that I probably wouldn't start. There are some players that maybe I would bring in and some players that I might not necessarily have in his mix. But what I'm saying is, in a nutshell, even though that's me personally and many punters out there who feel the same who would have certain players in over others, whatever that means, it's still... With that nucleus of those players I've got there, they've still got that capability. I firmly believe that. And so does he, obviously, because he's yeah. in a good positive mindset moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting. Actually, there was a text that came through earlier. It said, if Jason Ryan is the forward coach now, how come they didn't? Uh, they made the selections before he was appointed? Um, you know, Plumtree obviously yeah. making those selections because this person's saying they would have expected Jason Ryan to have Cullen Grace in the team ahead of someone like Hoskins Satutu.
2: Yep, they certainly uh, have input. Uh, the All Black selectors have input as well, which possibly means Joe Smith. Uh, and certainly, when you're when you're looking at piecing together a side, if you if you're a smart and you're the head coach, you go to your scrum coach and you go, "Righto, mate, who are, who's the best tight head in the country? Who's the second best tight head? Who who can play tight head and loose head really really well? It's super mobile and suits this environment." Um, but and, and that, that input will then be you know, taken on board. But ultimately, as we've seen within Foster, everything goes back onto the head coach. So he has to put his hand up when uh, selections are made and when results don't happen to say, yep, at the end of the day, we talked about having, let's use an example, before the start of the Irish series, Ethan group in the side, but we decided not to. And that's on me. And these were the reasons why. And they might be validated reasons or they might just be, no, we didn't think he was the right man for the job. they obviously changed their mind on that. But what I'm saying is he'll consult, but I believe absolutely that if he was thinking about Jace Ryan, he may have had that conversation and Jace Ryan was happy with the selections that they've got in there. Um, or it might be the reason that Ethan De Group was added.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Ethan, I talked to Clark Dermody before we got you on, uh, and Clark said, you know, the All Blacks had a chat to him, um, at, you know, and said basically... Uh, he needed to be fitter. He needed to get around the field better. Um, and he's gone, he's the last six weeks, he's done a lot of fitness work. Uh, Clark said his, his cheeks are slimmed down, which is always a sign and a prop. Um, and he watched him run <laughs> around for Southland against Otago the other day. And he said he was uh, ranging around the field quite well and looked uh, certainly looked a lot fitter. So, uh, you know, that's on the All Blacks there. They've said to Ethan DeGroote, well, we like what you do scrummaging-wise, but we need you to get around the field a bit better. And they've put the onus on him, and he's, and he's obviously answered, which is, which is great news uh, for, for them. But, yeah, it does... Uh, make interesting uh, comments there about Jason Ryan. Also, I mean, you know, a few people saying this looks like they're preparing uh, for potentially disaster. If disaster does happen in South Africa, we don't want to test. You've, you're have you starting to build a backroom that looks a lot like the backroom Razor would like, and it's easier to transition him straight in there. Um, I know Razor's obviously been announced to be coaching that Barbarians team against the All Blacks 15 later in the year. And I heard through Chris Foy, who was on tour with the English rugby team, that Razor was in Coogee for a good part of the week with the English team, ahead <laughs> uh, of the third test, yeah. mate. I
2: don't know if we can read anything into that. Nah, he was... Um, I no, I was. I was uh, caught up with him um, reasonably recently, and I was actually on the phone to him uh, during the week as well. Uh, and, and got a few uh, text messages, pics from him, um, because he was actually in Fiji before that, surfing it up at Cloud Break, as he does on Razor. Um, but...
1: No, no, he he, he
2: just um, was always going to be heading to Fiji uh, for a family holiday, and then he was heading on to Aussie um, to to meet up with uh, some other family members who he'd always sort of chatted to live in Australia to to go and uh, watch a rugby game over there. So it had nothing to do with anything uh, sinister at all. He just happened to be wanting to do that um, uh, for a long time, and this was a window that he could do it. So, hey, look, don't get me wrong, mate, when um, I finally... Finally landed um, <laughs> and turned on my phone and, and uh, saw the news. I can't, I can't say that it didn't knock my socks off. To be honest, that uh, Jace Ryan was going into that All Black environment. Um, you know, he, he's he's been through a hell of a lot with Razor, and they've they've formulated that powerful coaching unit uh, together. And, and for them to now separate and him to leave the Crusaders and, and go into the All Black camp. Uh, without Razor, because I'm sure Razor was, was, you know, obviously, if he's looking at it in the future, you know, he's, he's definitely his assistant slash forward coach. Um, you know, look, th- th- there will be reasons, and, and I wouldn't imagine Jace would ever go down this process without... Um, they, they're very good mates without having a really good chat with Razor and without Razor, and with Razor's blessing to go. But you know, I'm just saying, personally, when I saw it, I went, bloody hell, mm. geez, really? It, it did... It did surprise me, it really did. Well, there's there's actually something that someone sent through to me.
1: The last line in the press release that's come out, Foster will Mm -hmm. resume leading the backs in the short term, um, which would suggest they're still working on who's going to be the backs coach to come in, and then maybe that lends some credence to what Ken is saying about Leon McDonald. Um, Shane has texted through saying, if the rumours are true, and Leon McDonald comes into the coaching group, does that signal him taking over from Foster in the future? This would also mean Robertson is now further away from the All Black job. Um, thanks for your text, Shane. I have heard that, and I, you, you probably know better than me because you know these blokes better than me, Marshy. That that he'd yep. the All Black head coach is not something Leon's fond of, or you know, wants to do because he of the media commitments and cetera. I, I don't know if you've got any more on that. Oh,
2: no, look, I know. Look, I I certainly feel that that wouldn't bother Leon. Yeah, um, I think he, I actually think he's very good with the media. To be fair. Um, Look, it's a different type of media when you're all back coach. There's no doubt about that. No one can prepare you for that at all, um, and it's a massive, massive responsibility. You know, we've just seen how, when things go wrong, um, how, how bad how bad it can get. You know, so you've got to be prepared for that because you know people often say it's, it's almost worse than, uh, well, it's almost harder job than being the prime minister of the country. You know, when the All Blacks uh, basically are on everybody's mind and things aren't going well, then everything falls on the head coach. But I certainly feel that Leon's mature enough. I think he handles the media very well. You look, he's ambitious. I I don't. I don't think any coach isn't. And you know, there's. There's. I don't think there's um, any secrets in the fact that Razor wasn't happy about him leaving Crusaders, Uh, and um, he he had just started formulating, you know, a really good relationship there. They were starting to build something together, and then bang, he got offered that. Blues job out of nowhere and being a former Crusader player um, and, and never having any involvement with the Blues, it's a big leap uh, to take. Um, but, you know, that goes to show his ambition. You know, he, he very much saw that as being an awesome opportunity for his coaching career to move out of the shadow, I guess, become a head coach and sit into that, sit into that role. Uh, and he was prepared to lose a successful coaching uh, group that he had in a very successful team. To put his coaching basically career on the line because man let 's face it if it had gone well uh, un- uh, problematic there for Leon, where do you go from there mm. you go, You go from a head coach of super rugby uh, and you don't you don't do well and you lose uh, game after game in a couple of years you you'll end up finding that you haven 't got a coaching job and you don't go to another super rugby franchise do you as a head coach so yeah, I feel that he is ambitious enough to 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 go. For that role, should that role be offered to
1: him? Yeah, it's uh, it's, a, it's it's a great question. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops, mm-hmm. and and if there is uh, any truth to that rumour. This is another one that's come through. Hey, Ricardo, Jason, Ryan, moving into the coaching group is an interesting move. It makes me wonder if there has been some negotiation with Razor for the future. It'd be interesting to hear Marshy's inside view from Crusaderland.
2: Yeah, look, I, I don't, I, I certainly don't feel that. Put it this way. I know Scott Robertson very well. He's a good friend of mine, uh, and we do spend a lot of time together still. Uh, Look, I I can't go too in depth because of my relationship with him and Mm -hmm. the things that he he confides in me uh, because that would be unfair. But what what I do know with Razor is he is meticulous. And if he enters into any coaching uh, environment, he will enter into it in his terms, totally his terms. He will take the people that he, he will take the people that he trusts, and he will take coaches that he believes he operates with at the maximum level to make him perform and make the team perform. So he will, he will dictate terms. I don't see any uh, sinister infiltration thing happening. Like if he, if, he, if he comes in raise it, he comes in and it's wipe the slate clean, right, this is what I'm doing. this is who I need, and this is what I want and we're going to get the job done. That's his mindset. This is the culture I want. These are the people I want around me. So I don't read anything into um, slowly injecting people in there. That will eventually be for his benefit. I don't see that happening at all.
1: Okay, all right. Well, that's good That's good to know, mate. That's good to know because it has been floated by a few people. I mean, one of the other things that uh, we've been talking about today was um, about Brad Moore's appointment and, you know, it, it feels slightly scapegoaty that he and Plumtree have gone when everybody's talking about Foster's job, right? And pretty much everybody's either been yep. rejigged or, or or gone, except for the man that everybody was talking about. Um, if we go back to 2019 when Foster got the job, you know, he one of the things he said to New Zealand Rugby is, "I want Brad Moore," and New, uh, New Zealand Rugby had to pay yep. Scarlett's what about four hundred thousand to get to get him out of his contract. So surely that's got to be on Foster as well, right?
2: Yeah, it does, and I think, by his own admission, that's why there, there has had to have been a change. Um, you know, he, to a degree, he's gambled on that, Ricardo. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. we would be interested to hear what people say uh, about his appointment. But there, there, there had never been any relationship uh, of any sort whatsoever between Brad Moore and Ian Foster prior to his being, uh, prior to him being an assistant coach with Ian Foster. So there was there was some reason somewhere that made Fozzie reach out to Brad more. Uh, and, you know, that that didn't have anything to do with them ever coaching together. Um, maybe they'd had conversations, and what when they'd had those conversations, in Foster liked what he was hearing. But again, he was gambling, wasn't he? Because he was getting a guy into his environment that he's never coached with before. Uh, and, you know, mate, at the end of the day, him and Fozzie... Well, by all, by all from what I've seen, probably get on like a house on fire. They mm. get on really well. But but somewhere in there, there's obviously a disconnect. And then there's also a disconnect between uh, John Plumtree somewhere in that mix that, that, that just isn't working. And, and believe me, you know, I've been, I've been on the tours and I've seen these guys operating. And they're, mate, they're, they're really nice guys. You know, like Plum will come up and say g'day and he'll, he'll talk to you. You know, if he's got time. He'll sit down and have a coffee or have a beer. Brad Moore always comes along to say hello to whoever it might be who's standing around. He's a bloody nice guy, and so is Fozzie. You know, he always takes the time. He always has a chat. He's really constructive as well. Um, you know, like he said to me, mate, I, you need to have an opinion. I value you having an opinion. Good on you. You know, I, I like you challenging me. And, and, and you know, that, that's the type of guy that he is. I really and I really appreciate that feedback when a guy comes up and tells you that. But somewhere in there although they're all nice guys and they can all sit down and have a beer and go out for dinner together, when they're in that coaching environment and got the players in that mix as well, something was off, wasn't mm. it? And, and the results were showing that, and obviously the ramifications of what have just happened are that there was something wrong and he needed to fix it. And yeah, I guess going all the way back to the question you asked me, yeah, Fozzie must have probably got that wrong with Trad Moore. it be, be interesting
1: as well yeah I mean it'd be an interesting one because you know, and I know there's crystal ball gazing a wee bit Marshy but given mm. um, the relationship I mean if Scott Roberts in, in you know couple of months time whatever ends up with the all black job uh, and he gets to, to wipe the slate clean and do his own thing does he bring Brad Moore in given that they work so well together at the Crusaders
2: Oh I don't think so. Um, I think now the that that horse has bolted you know obviously he's had a, he's had a taste of that environment, but he's had a taste of that environment like if i'm scott Robertson, I don't know this, and he hasn't told me this, so you know for, for all of what I said before, you know I wouldn't let out his secret, secret that he's confided in me but if i if I know Scott robertson well I think he would there would be changes within that 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 uh, player's group because he he would he would trust certain players and he wouldn't trust others. He would like certain players and he would like others. That's, but that's natural as a coach. No coach is going to agree with the selections of the coach previous. So there would be changes in there. So, yeah, for Moore, there would be some different faces should he be in an environment with Razor. But, I, but the problem is that he's already been in that environment for two and a half, three years now. He's already been in there with those players and they've seen it not work and they've seen it be wrong. So why would Razor... Want to go back there and, and try and you know put bandages on that? That, that those bandages have well and truly, truly all been, already been torn off. So no, I would be very like I tell you what, if it knocked my socks off when I got off the plane that Chase Ryan got involved. I tell you what, if Fred wool got back involved with, and Razor was to be coached, yeah, you know, those socks would be they would have run for cover Mate,
1: yeah. you'd be back in the boat shoes from the 90s, rocking the Don Johnson jacket.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, know I never I never rocked those mate. I, I stayed away from the boat shoes, but I definitely confessed to having kung fu shoes back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone ever remembers those those things, those black kung fu shoes, what were they up to? What was that thing? And oh. in the tower of all places. Uh, well, so what's going like on there, weird mate? Down there.
1: Yeah, it's never oh, cold or wet no. down there, is it? So yeah, the perfect footwear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A <laughs> hey, uh, quick question for you too on uh, the the squad that has been named the halfback mix. Um, I think we talked about it and we thought that the reason that Brad Webber wasn't in that All Black team uh, initially was because he was uh, eligible to play for the Māori All Blacks and they could see him in two tests there against the Māori All Blacks Uh, and the other guys they wanted to have a look at in the mix were Finlay Christie and Falau Fakatava, who weren't eligible for the Māori All Blacks so it just made sense to put Brad Mm. there. I expected him when they named the Rugby Championship team to be back in but he's not. Are you surprised? Yep.
2: A little bit. Um I, I certainly think that their balance is still okay. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've given out opportunities, which uh, I don't know whether they thought that they would do that when they entered into this Test Series. So Finlay Christie obviously got his chance. Uh, and in the last two Test matches, Falal Whakataba. And he got pretty good minutes as well. Uh, so, and I certainly don't think Falau uh, let the team down. Um, he certainly uh, was uh, effective and efficient. Um, hardly really think of him making too many errors when he got his opportunity. Uh, Finley Christie's a class player. He, he'll deliver to you. He, he's Mr. Consistent. He'll deliver to you regardless um, of what environment he's in. And I thought he, again, he fulfilled that role well, um, you know, too. So that, that just leaves the, the, the equation of, but do we need something different? Really different. Um, I, I feel a little bit like maybe Falal's just been told to go out there and find his way into Chess Rugby. I'm not entirely sure he's rolling the dice. And he's the roll Dice type of player. You know, that's the way he plays. I'm not sure that he's, you know, and, and it's not easy when you first get into Test Rugby, believe me, in that environment to, um, to go out there and, and, and take the game by the scruff of the neck, take quick taps, um, all that sort of carry on, and, and really start to initiate the game rather than just be in it. Um, so, so so really, really interesting there. Um, but yeah, in answer to your question, look, put it this way, different opposition, still good quality opposition, Uh, In the last month, the best two halfbacks that I saw out there playing playing was TJ Perenara and um, Brad Weber. Mm. I I thought TJ in that game was outstanding.
1: Good stuff, Marshy. All right, mate. Hey, listen, I know you're uh, you're about to transit, you're about to shoot off, so uh, we'll let you go, mate. Thanks for making time for us, and uh, yeah, enjoy your break, and uh, no doubt we'll catch up with you come uh, South Africa, right?
2: Oh, well, you'll hate, you'll hate this, mate, but I'll be doing this radio show from a uh, sun lounger in Fiji. Next oh. week, so I really look forward to rubbing that in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Have a Fiji bitters for me. I will, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks,
1: everybody. See you next week. we Will do. Yeah, this is the Rugby Run, uh, five away from three, and had a f- more texts coming through. This one from Jono. As an employer of people, I find the performance management around Foster really interesting. I think New Zealand rugby have made errors in judgment around how they support Foster in public, but also now seem to be moving deck chairs around Foster's own decisions on the coaching team and team performance. I'm sure he has KPIs and has been given a remit to make decisions, and therefore he must be held to account. I think the whole process to date by the NZR has been flawed and should be. he should be on a final warning. That's from Jono. Thanks for that, Jono. Also, this one uh, from Shane, We are all talking about the coaching staff not doing their job as the reason why the All Blacks are performing so badly on the pitch. I would like to ask Marshall why we still have uh, do we still have the quality players to match teams around the world? I think the answer is no. It's Ty Power's big footy
4: final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tires. Ty Power's big footy final sale can't last.